Welcome back to another episode of Our Trumpet Life, a podcast focused on teaching, learning, and sharing all things trumpet in a positive atmosphere. I'm Ben McCarthy, one of the co-hosts, and I'm a teacher and performer in the Virginia Beach, Chesapeake area of Virginia. And I'm Derek Watson, a freelancer in the northern Colorado, Denver area. And I'm Chris Navarrete. I'm the director of bands over at the California State University of Chico. And I'm David Moore, instructor of trumpet at Millican University and a freelancer in the central Illinois area. On this week's episode, we have a special guest with us, Greg Weiss, soon to be Dr. Greg Weiss from Hutchinson Community College. He is a friend of ours from the University of Northern Colorado, and he has a lot of, well, just a lot of knowledge to share with all of you about the community college experience, and specifically music in community college. So, hope you enjoy it. We're, we're excited to have you here talking about the community college experience. We wanted to start off with, what are the benefits of choosing a community college over going straight into a four-year program? Uh, well, certainly right now, especially in 2022, I think especially this newer generation, Gen Z, is a lot more conscious than maybe we were as millennials about the cost of education. Uh, and, I, you know, one of the most obvious main points for a community college program is that the cost is going to be significantly lower. Um, for example, at our college here, a credit hour averages about like $159 per credit, it's relatively cheap. And on top of that, uh, we're offering a lot of the same amount of scholarships that you might get for a music program at a regular university, uh, you know, things that are upwards of $1,000 or so. So that's paying for quite a lot of your course load uh, at $159 a credit. The other great thing is if you're looking to be a music major at a community college, uh, eventually get your bachelor's, uh, but you're not quite up to snuff, maybe you don't make it into a bachelor's program, this will be a great option for you. Uh, additionally, I have several students here. We're in a rural area in, in Kansas, and a lot of high school programs here will be maybe 20 music students, 20 band students. So we end up with a lot of students who play on multiple instruments but don't really primary on one, which can make it pretty difficult to get into a bachelor's program. So this is a great opportunity for them to really hone in on one instrument, decide what's going to be their primary yeah, and I would imagine that if you're get going in and able to save some money, especially coming from smaller high school, which is a, the type of school I came from, not having any private lessons, you could get a good experience kind of learning your first two years of what you need to learn, theory, all that stuff. And then you can, when you go, when you get your associates, then you can go and audition and probably get scholarships, hopefully get scholarships to go to the big schools, saving even more money. So it's definitely, if money is a factor, which for most of us it is, then it's a going to be a really great stepping stone. Yeah, it's you're also getting the opportunity to have the scholarships that you might get at a community college on your resume or your application when you're applying for a bachelor's. Those carry a lot of weight, especially if you go someplace with a really big uh, marching band program where they have, you know, 30 plus freshmen coming in to play in the marching band. Uh, they're not really going to be looking into every single student to see, is this a stellar musician? Uh, but if they do see that you got a music scholarship from a community college nearby that has a good reputation, uh, it's going to pull a lot of weight to get you some sort of funding. 
Once a student makes the decision, for whatever reason, they want to go to the community college, whether it's financial or they just don't feel like they're ready for one of the uh, giant music programs. What's the next step? Where do you find, how do you find a community college that has a good music program or would be a good stepping stone to go into one of the bigger ones? Yes, I think it's it's, it's kind of a secret that there are way more music associates programs around the country than people think, even in uh, rural areas. For instance, just to pick a state that, another state that people consider a flyover state, obviously Kansas is one of those here. Um, but if we chose Iowa, Iowa actually has SWIC. Uh, they're one of the premier community college programs for commercial music. Uh, a lot of students there end up going to places like Full Sail, for instance, uh, do pretty well, or they end up going to Berkeley for their community or for their uh, commercial music program, especially doing things like recording arts, things like that. Uh, people would not expect that coming from Southwestern Iowa. So the first step is definitely to look in your local area, look in your state, let's see what's available first. And then once you've done that, narrowing things down by looking at who are the professors there, it, you know, there's a lot of the same things that you would expect trying to get a bachelor's in music, except for the one thing you really want to be conscious about is there's going to be certain community college music programs that are really more concerned with having their ensembles sound phenomenal but not really necessarily concerned about the students getting their associates in music being good quality majors and leaving with the skills that they need to, to come in as a junior for a bachelor's program without being behind everyone else, which is a serious problem. I, I knew people when I was an undergrad who went to a community college, were getting their associates transferred when they were junior, and they ended up spending five years in their undergrad which isn't ideal. I mean, you might still be saving money, but you know, you want to eventually be working. Five years is, is an extra year more than you need. So looking at things like, uh, for instance, uh, your state that the community college is in will have a board of regents. Kansas Board of Regents has requirements for a lot of the classes that we offer here that they have to be transferable to an in-state university. So like our class piano one through four, our uh, music theory one through four, our lessons, and a few other of our classes in our music degree have to be transferable to other universities within the state. That's going to vary by whatever state you're in. Certain states aren't going to have that. California has an extremely robust uh, program like that where everything is accredited um, it's going to transfer over really easily. And, and of course, they, you know, the plethora of talent that they have in California offers the ability to have really insane, stellar community college music programs. Um, so you're going to want to take a look at those professors and make sure that these are the type of guys that maybe are, are interested in making sure those students come out knowing their skills. They're getting theory one through four. And then the biggest thing is making sure that you're getting two credit hours of lessons every semester. Uh, that's something that you can't make up uh, if you do not get eight credits for two years of college. Uh, for lesson credits, you'll have to stay an extra year of your undergrad if you're not getting eight credits, unfortunately. Because uh, as you guys know, it's pretty much impossible to be taking four credit hours of lessons at a state university. Greg, so I had a question for you. Uh, both of my parents worked for a, a good chunk of their career at a community college, and the 
it was Northern Oklahoma College, and they had a couple branches. But what was cool is they had a uh, they sort of acted as a feeder. They had a deal set up with Oklahoma State University, and so a lot of their students, music stu- uh, music associate majors, as soon as they graduated, they were funneled straight into the Oklahoma State music program. So I'm just curious, does your community college have some sort of agreement like that set up with a, a local university? Yes, that's what we call an articulation agreement. Uh, we don't have one set up for our music program right now. We are currently working on getting that set up, uh, hopefully within the next year with Wichita State University. And that's a great thing to bring up when you're looking at a community college program. If they have one of those articulation agreements, that means that the likelihood that that program is going to prepare you for whatever school you want to go to uh, is really high. It means that another university who is National Association of School of Music accredited has looked at their program, analyzed what they're offering, uh, what what the success rate of the classes that they're offering is, uh, and has made sure that that program is shaped to, to bring students into their program seamlessly. You were talking about, I guess, some of the challenges that you might face as a student in a community college, and you mentioned how sometimes they don't care so much about how the rest of the program works out. They just want their ensembles to sound good. And I was wondering, like, if there's any additional hardships that you might add to that for students that are interested in getting into community college, like what do they even do to scout out those kind of things? Uh, the I mean, the first step is to meet with the professors at the, the college that you're looking at, um, which... I know a lot of students, even especially these days after COVID, seems like they're very tentative. I, I've found um, about being able to meet with a professor, even if they're already signed up to be a, a music major here. Just get that confidence. I promise you the professor wants you to be there. They're not there to browbeat you and be like, wow, this guy really sucks. No, they're, they're there to, to get you to come to their school. Because that's one of the challenges for everybody right now, post-COVID, is, is trying to get enough numbers to have a really great program. Um, so that's the first step, to meet with them, talk to them, ask them the right questions. Ask them things like, do you have an articulation agreement with another university? Uh, ask them things like, what is your th- music theory sequence? Uh, obviously, if you're a freshman or a senior coming out of high school, you don't really know exactly what should be offered in a music theory course, but if they give you a really good, complex answer that sounds like they're talking about a really robust music theory program, there's a, a chance that, that that is indeed a great quality program there. So that would be step number one. Um, step number two is to try to see if so, let's say you auditioned at a state university, a private university, wherever to do your bachelor's. There's no problem with trying to see if you reach out to a professor at that school that you didn't make it into or didn't have enough scholarship funding to make it into, asking them um, what they think about the reputation of the community college that you're looking at, uh, how their music program scales up to their degree program. Greg, would you mind sharing with us more details about your particular program? What, what ensembles you have, what, uh, what courses? I, I mean, I'd love to hear what, what courses you in particular teach. Yeah, so the Hutchinson Community College Jazz Program is actually uh, pretty historic. This program started all the way back in the 70s. A guy named Bryce Ludy started the program here. We've had a jazz festival since just about then, and I have tons of posters in my office that uh, the guest artists for our jazz festivals have included Clark Terry, Bob Brookmeyer, Don Menza, 
Ed Shaughnessy, uh, Adam Larson, Wayne Bergeron. The list kind of keeps on going. Oh, Bob Brookmeyer was once one of our guest artists. So quite a huge list of very, very famous jazz musicians uh, there. I know that I've, I've met some alumni from the jazz program here. They have talked about students who finished up their associates here and then were immediately went to the University of North Texas, um, some of which eventually made it into the one o'clock lab band. So it's actually a really, really rich history. And one of my colleagues here has developed an amazing vocal jazz program. They just performed in January at the Jazz Education Network Conference. Uh, one of only two community colleges, I believe, to have a vocal jazz group performing. Uh, surprisingly, both of them from Kansas. You wouldn't guess that. And he's also taken his vocal jazz groups and his chorus groups to, they've gone to Carnegie Hall for several performances. And they've done things like perform the Bach B minor mass. So as a community college, I mean, we're talking about 19 and 20 year olds. Pretty astounding things. So this is really a really historic uh, music program here, I would say, especially for being in a town of only about like 48,000 people. And I teach a good full load of music classes, I teach private lessons, obviously. Um, I teach the jazz band here. I teach the jazz combo. I teach class piano one through four. I teach uh, aural skills. I teach music theory. I teach, uh, we have two classes that are offered to non-music majors. So I teach music appreciation and I also teach uh, a jazz appreciation course. Which, which private lessons do you teach? Uh, applied jazz lessons or are you te also teaching trumpet lessons and comp lessons? Uh, right. I mean, I can actually open it up to pretty much anything that anybody who wants to study with me can study private lessons with me right now. I have two trumpet students, uh, and then I have actually a faculty member here who is taking, uh, jazz improv lessons with me. He plays guitar and in the, you know, upcoming years, there'll be more students taking private lessons with me. Not always people that are playing my instrument. Uh, so, so Greg, I, I remember talking the other day and you mentioned that you were uh, in the process of trying to get a recording arts program or music tech program going on at your, your community college. Would you like to talk more about that? Yeah, this is kind of, I, I view recording arts uh, or music tech certificate programs as, as like the new frontier in uh, collegiate music programs, especially at the community college level, because you know, we offer, the college here offers certificates in fire science and I think it's, uh, automotive uh, maintenance and repair, things like that. These are all certificate programs where once you finish your associates, you're ready to go, boom, uh, you're into your career field. The same thing can happen with a music tech program too. Um, so one of the things I'm looking at here is uh, if you're familiar with the software developer Avid, they create uh, Pro Tools, which is a huge digital audio workstation. Basically, any music studio in the world is, is using that as their recording software. Um, they have teamed up with quite a lot of colleges and community colleges around the country to have a certificate program where the classes that you take in music tech at the college or community college you're at are going to immediately give you their certification. And then you're listed by state uh, in a database online for somebody to search you up and they know that you are an avid certified user of their software. So you have a certificate right there, ready to go start working in the field. And, you know, for 
reference, the state of Kansas only has two schools that are currently doing that. Uh, that is uh, Kansas City, Kansas Community College, but up by Kansas City, obviously, and then also Wichita State. And you think about all the other schools that are in Kansas, none of those other schools are offering it. That's why I want to bring that here because it's, it's actually a super in-demand field, especially since you can do so much on your computer at home these days, recording and producing music. Plus, everything needs music. Like, think about all the video games that come out, all the films that come out, all the TV shows that come out on Netflix. Every company has some sort of like training video, conferences, all that stuff needs music. And sometimes that's just being done by a guy in his one bedroom apartment sitting with his PJs with his cat on his lap, <laughs> even though it sounds like it's an orchestra. Hearing you talk about that certificate program, and I think back to where, where I grew up, there was a community college and uh, I took some classes in there and I participated in some stuff when I was in high school and they had certificate programs and things like that as well. Not on the music side necessarily, but other things like brewing and distilling things like that automotive repair and that to me just seems like it you know if you can push to get something like that in a music program and there's a probably a lot of community colleges around that are trying to add certain types of certificates that you can get you have the ability to um, specialize cheaply and quickly because it's only two year certificates or even some certificates can only be one year and then you're immediately in the field and you're not having to do the whole five-year undergrad, wonder what you're going to do, go get a master's because you don't think you're ready. <laughs> like we all did. <laughs> but um, yeah, that seems like another strength for community colleges, the immediate specialization. Uh, and then also practical, a practical timeline um, that's going to get you out into the field within two years. Yeah, and it's also like, uh, you think about the other certificate programs and think about the community around here. I, I kind of see like the music tech industry in some ways, kind of like the blue collar, uh, workers of the music industry. I mean, sometimes those are like the hardest working guys in the music industry. If you've ever recorded anything or, or performed at like a large production, the guys doing that music tech work, work real hard, blood, sweat, and tears. And so, uh, yeah, I, that that's. I think it fits right in with the community college vibe. It fits right in with most community colleges surrounding communities. So, Yeah, those guys are blamed for everything and get no credit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, Greg, I, I work at a four-year institution, obviously, but it's, it's you know, it's smaller, uh, smaller scale. And, you know, one of the things that we're constantly trying to, to, to information that we're trying to get out there to recruit students is that you, you don't need to be a music major to receive scholarships for playing in, in the ensembles. And I'm curious if, if you, um, if you have a similar thing going on at, 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 at your school or what, what the deal is. Yeah, it is, uh, the exact same here. We, we all, the majority of my ensemble musicians are not music majors, which is a wonderful thing. And some of them are ridiculously strong musicians. Sometimes I, I wish they were getting an associates in music. Um, they all also get offered scholarship opportunities. Um, and we have a bunch here. The great thing about community colleges is that since they're tied into your local community, if you live within the county of that community college, um, there is a lot of funding available to you for scholarships. So here we have, we're in Reno County, 
if a student graduates from a high school within the Reno County limits for any activity, music, anything, clubs, anything like that, uh, they can automatically get a scholarship of $1,000 a year. And again, remember, that's $159 per credit hour. So that stretches a long way here. Uh, or they can get, uh, I believe the breakdown is something like $420 per semester plus uh, like $400 in, in book funding or something like that. It, it's something really outrageous, the amount of money you can get for free books. And then on top of that, our college has financial aid options, which I uh, recommend scholarships for our jazz program here, both majors and non-majors. And then we also actually have our own endowment uh, for the jazz program here that I offer scholarships to for majors and non-majors. So we're really lucky to have really strong community friends of the jazz program here that donate monetarily to our jazz program so that we can uh, have nice things and have really talented students that come through. I am constantly recruiting. I only get students for two years. And, you know, the best ones all end up going to four, four-year institutions. So I just have to, like, get as many people interested in the program as possible. <laughs> so if you get two years with a student, like a trumpet major, how do you approach that? Obviously, you're trying to get them prepared for, you know, continuing their, their degree at a university. But, like, how do you approach that with, I guess, the limitations or not? Yeah, so the, the big thing here is we don't have juries like you would have at a four-year institution. So in a lot of ways, our lessons are really open-ended, very open-ended in terms of what you can focus on. Um, there, there is no real heavy requirement that th your students should be learning this specific repertoire on the trumpet or whatever instrument like you would have with an undergraduate program. A lot of what I like to focus on, obviously we do literature. Uh, if I'm doing, working with a jazz student, we're going to be doing some transcription stuff. Um, if I'm working with a classical student, we're going to be looking at solo rep on the trumpet or whatever their instrument is. Um, but a lot of what I get really concerned with and trying to make sure that uh, my students come out with is those uh, technical skills on their instruments. I know you guys all know this. Maybe we hated it when we were going through our bachelor's program. But if the, the fact that your teacher was a huge hard ass about learning your scales, learning your um, arpeggios, learning your Clark studies. That's what sets you up for success later on. Uh, you just don't realize it at the time. Uh, so I try to put that stuff into my lessons. And a lot of these kids didn't have lessons in high school where their teacher was doing that type of stuff with them. So I know some community college programs require a recital. Are your students or your majors required to perform a recital? Uh, right now, that is not a requirement, uh, but we do have a class that they take that is um, it's a lot like what you would have at a university, like a recital and concert attendance. And um, one of my colleagues here, Heather Gearing, um, she's actually uh, interim band director here, has been doing a phenomenal job with that class since it's really open-ended um, and COVID has kind of thrown a wrench in a lot of that um, stuff, doing recitals and things like that. She's taken the opportunity to do things like, okay, you guys are preparing to go to a college program. Let's work on your CV. Let's get a, uh, let's, let's get a resume together that looks professional and is really suitable for the music industry, getting into a, a bachelor's program for music. Um, she's really, uh, top notch and has been doing a phenomenal job with that. Well, and, and I guess it, it makes sense, you know, most sophomores at a university, they, 
the larger programs, they have a sophomore barrier. Uh, if you think about it, the, the barrier for your students is getting accepted into the university program. So you're, you're really, you're preparing them for that audition. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, I'm, and, you know, speaking of that, a lot of the, of those programs have their piano proficiency tests at the end of their sophomore year. And that's something that we're preparing the students to be able to do immediately, hopefully immediately, uh, as soon as they transfer over to a four year university by having our class piano classes one through four. Yeah. And that brings up another question in the same vein as that, you know, one of the things that at a community college that a student may be missing out on is the, like the size of the studio at a four year university. So like, let's say, at, you know, if a, at a general mid-size four-year university, you're going to have upwards 10 or so trumpet players. And at a community college, you likely will have less. Although at some, I know that they do have about the same amount. Anyway, how do you go about explaining or um, getting your students to understand without having that large group of peers playing the same instrument and doing the same things? the level in which at which they need to be to then go jump into a four-year university and not feel like they're a little behind. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the rub there. Uh, luckily, you know, being somewhat freshly removed, uh, someone who's only 30 years old, uh, from the experience of being in a college music program, especially at some larger schools, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm constantly reminding my students, uh, especially if I know exactly where they want to go afterwards, uh, you know, I'm saying things like at Wichita state, they'll be doing this, this, and this, this, and this, uh, so that's the <laughs> yeah. standard we need to get you to. And I'm here that that's why I'm pushing you to get there. Um, so, you know, that, that's the only thing that maybe is a, a slight downside to community college since you don't have a whole lot of peers around you, uh, pushing you to, uh, that, you know, high level. Um, some of it has to just be your own push. You've got to be the one that is determined and encourages yourself to do that. But at the same time, like there's still plenty of, of even stellar non-music majors here that are sometimes, uh, doing such a, phenomenal job and my ensembles that it's like, Hey, music majors, you get a load of this guy. You better catch up. You know, I mean, there's, there's still, there's still that competition here that you would experience at a four-year university. It's just different. Well, and I think personally, I think that's a great skill to develop. If, if, I mean, coming from Oklahoma where, well, so much of the drive that you had to get better was, was like the, the local was like the competitions, right, that you participated in, in 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 high school, like you know, going to state solo and ensemble contest. You know, uh, when you don't, when you no longer have that, you have to find your own. You have to find a different reason or a, a different means to to drive you forward. So, in a way, you can make the case that that's better for them in the long term because they have to figure out that drive sooner or later. I mean, that being said, you know, as you mentioned, California, Texas as well, they have so they have uh, massive community college programs. I mean, I remember going down and hearing um hear, hearing a jazz festival at a community college in Texas, you know, all, all the 
teachers were alums of UNT and they were featuring Bobby Shue with their jazz band and they sounded great and they were just all freshmen and sophomores up there. So, I mean, you know, there, there are massive community college programs too. Yeah. Up in New York too, there's plenty of phenomenal community college programs. I mean, um, I'm assuming probably in places like Chicago, Indianapolis, um, a lot of those metropolitan cities, because like Kansas City Community College, Kansas City, Kansas Community College is also a phenomenal uh, program with a great uh, historic music program. And, and, you know, I wouldn't consider Kansas City to be a ginormous metropolitan area, but it's big enough that it has a really great program. So you can find those all over the place. Uh, you know, the other thing I forgot to mention when you were talking about the like having studio members around that are giving you a competition um, prior to COVID here. You guys may not know this. Uh, the jazz band here at Hutchinson Community College and the vocal jazz ensemble was coming to the UNC Greeley Jazz Festival just about every year. Uh, and they were also going to like the Friends University Jazz Festival. Um, I think they were going to Pittsburgh State. It's a college here in Kansas, uh, in Pittsburgh, Kansas, not Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, they have a pretty great jazz festival that I adjudicated at a couple weeks ago. Um, we were taking the band there. So you're still getting some experiences where you're getting exposed to just how good uh, students at four-year universities are and, and what their ensembles sound like. I was thinking about asking, because you already did talk about it a little bit. Um, and maybe we'll just, I'll use this question just to reiterate for anyone that's listening or people who are considering seniors going into college or anyone considering becoming a music major or, and or going to a community college. What are the kinds of personality traits or temperament and just overall, who are the people who are going to be successful using a community college as a stepping stone into a four-year university? I think it's the people who are going to be most successful are the ones that have a long-term goal, especially the goal of this is the college that I want to make it into to study music. Um, and knowing specifically what type of music degree they want to get. We actually have a music education track here um, for the associate's degree. Um, so you can get some of those music ed credits knocked out of the way. Those students are going to be extremely successful because, as you guys know, some music, it's pretty common for music ed students to take like five years, especially if they love performing and being in the top ensembles. So if you're getting those knocked out at the community college level, you're going to be uh, an extremely successful student. So yeah, having that uh, perseverance and, and goal in mind is going to be the, the, uh, the, the big difference between a great student and a mediocre student. And then also um, the type of student that can eventually narrow themselves down to one instrument. Because a lot of these community college kids are, are multi-instrumentalists, which is awesome. Sometimes they don't want to just focus on one. And I think for, for a lot of them to be really successful, they need to focus on one or two. Um, so that's a big deal. If you're a high school senior and you play alto sax, trumpet, and drums, this is the best time right now at 17 or 18 years old to decide what's my number one and what's my number two instrument. And, you know, it's great to have those two instruments to leverage them to your benefit for, for getting scholarships. Uh, especially if you're looking at community colleges, there's going to be some where if you pay, play bass, but also you play trombone, well, maybe we have a full trombone section, but we need a bass player. Uh, so keep those things in mind too. That's a great point. 
also do you do you have any classes that are offered to high school students or do you have any are there any ways you get that you guys try to get high school students involved or is that do you even know if that's a common thing with um community college i know it is in some of the other fields like math or science things like that yeah i mean that totally depends on the college um i think i have a high school student we, we so we're actually right next to the high school here in town and i believe i have a high school student that is in my online jazz appreciation class but right now i don't have any high school students that are in like ensembles or anything like that um but the main way that we get people involved in the program is with our jazz festival you know, that's, that's how we get high schoolers involved. And this year, all of the bands that came got to get clinics with me, got to meet me and all that stuff. So it was great. My only experience with community college, I did some dual enrollment as a, like as a senior in high school, but it was mostly just like to knock out my math credits before I went to the university. And like, I never even thought about the possibility or even that it was, you know, a thing that you could go and work on music at a community college before you went to university. So I, I don't know. I just feel like I've, I've, my eyes have been open to so many possibilities that I wish I'd been involved in. And now like, you know, down the road, just being able to have that knowledge to help even because I work with beginner students right now, all the way through high school, like having that knowledge is great to be able to then relay that to them as an option. Yeah. The crazy thing that I never realized till I got here is that some community colleges have dorms. Whoa, we have dorms on campus. I just now learned that. I never knew that community colleges had I'm dorms. Just now <laughs> Are there any events on campus that you want to plug? Uh, just the, the Bryce Ludy jazz festival every year. Uh, we're, we're changing the dates of it from what it used to be. It's usually, it used to be the last week of January. But man, for those high school directors, that's a really quick turnaround to get their band ready to go and performing music. So we're going to be moving that to either the first or second week of February next year. I, you know, you guys know my experience doing stuff with the UNC Greeley Jazz Festival as a TA. Uh, that's the thing I'm really excited about is is getting grant funding to be able to expand that and get some really phenomenal guest artists in here to work with our students. Yep, that festival's in good hands, as David and I, and Chris, if you were here, seeing you work at the Greeley Jazz Festival, you're going to bring in some good stuff for that. Well, something else I wanted to mention, and I, I forgot to do this at the top of the episode, but Greg is also a, a multi-award winning composer, so if you are out there wanting to commission something, either for you know classical trumpet solo literature or if you're, or for your jazz band, Greg, what's, what's, your, what's your email? Where, where can they reach you at? Uh, they can reach me at weisg at h-u-t-c-h-c-c dot edu. So that's weisg at hutchcc dot edu. Website? You got a website, don't you? I do have a website, yeah, gregweissmusic.com. Yeah, this summer I'm being commissioned to write a piece for uh, Steel Pan and Clarinet. Whoa. Dude. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it because uh, I've never written for Steel Pan before, so I'm like trying to figure out some stuff about the instrument. And I, you know, I've been pretty lucky actually. Like uh, Sean Williams has asked me to write a piece for the um, Denver Freedom Band, I believe is the name of it. Um, it's a collection of of um, LGBTQ 
community members performing in a jazz band there. They're having some sort of national conference in Denver, uh, I think in 2023. And so he asked me to write a piece for that, uh, which is going to be fun. Uh, I kind of have an idea so far of the sketch for that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Have you had, uh, have you been keeping up your writing and all that stuff since you got this job? I know it's a, it's always a big transition going to a new job. Yeah, I have a, a decent upright piano in my office now. So I'll, every now and then I'll do some writing there. I have some score pads laying in my office. You know, it's a fun for, cause like, unfortunately <laughs> our fine arts buildings walls are relatively thin. I've noticed, uh, but Occasionally, students will hear me messing around there and like writing something and will ask me about it and get to see the process. That's awesome. Yeah. Their eyes kind of glaze <laughs> over. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> well, I guess I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this. It is a trumpet podcast. So you've been uh, playing trumpet? Yeah. Yes. But I'm going to be playing with the band a little bit on Tuesday. Awesome. So I've been keeping stuff going. I haven't been gigging a lot here yet. Uh, just cause I haven't gotten my butt down to Wichita because there's not really much in Hutchinson to do, but yeah, I'm still playing. I'm doing French horn for our musical though. Oh yeah. Um, that's been right. Interesting. <laughs> Finding those slots. <laughs> Man, I have a lot of solos in this book. Oh wow. A lot of solos. Oh, and so you uh, can't hide it all. some of them sound okay. Yeah. I think on some of them, I may end up either using one of our mellophones or just, um, transposing it do they know that you're not you don't you're not a french horn yeah they just yeah, yeah, they know needed french horn they asked me can can't have you ever played french horn this is a like interim band director here which she's great and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. like a decade ago i mean you know i took i took music ed methods classes so i can play some french horn and trombone but yeah it's been I totally forgot that the the bottom register of the French horn is like the fingerings for the upper register on trumpet. Totally forgot about that. Oh yeah. You know, I've yeah. I've taken multiple brass pedagogy classes and I couldn't tell you I couldn't even begin to start playing French horn. Except, you know, just like the regular mechanics. I never once understood the fingering thing. And I know one side's in B flat. I still don't know. Yeah, I don't know any what the hell I'm doing with like the trigger thing. I always was like, I'm just going to play it all on this one side and I'll just deal with it being weird. I have to teach that on Monday. <laughs> French horn, really? Yeah, because I'm teaching, I'm teaching brass pedagogy right now. And I, I, but, I'm, but I'm teaching the whole thing. It's not how like when we took it, it gets rotated around for all the brass. I'm, I'm teaching the whole thing. So that'll be, that'll be fun. Let me read up on that. You guys have a French horn? Professor? We do. Uh, they're adjunct, though. He he's damn good too. Uh, Stephen Burian. He he plays in multiple symphonies around the area. This is going to be such an excellent episode with the information that you've talked about so far. I'm excited to get this out, but also just like, man, I didn't know all that. I thought it would be like super useful for your listeners. It's opening up another pathway. People that like in high school probably don't think about. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the end, our only goal is to help the students in the ways in which we were not helped at some times. It's so important because obviously in our generation with upper education, one of the main issues was the amount of debt a lot of us have had to go into to get an education in something that, 
you know, you often hear people say, oh, why you don't you have to go to school to learn that? And while in some ways that's true, in a lot of ways it's not true. And you do have to go to school for this information to play these kinds of music, because that's just the way the system is right now. You can't just go listen to the symphony or listen to a big band or listen to a jazz band for free as much as you want anymore. So not that it was ever free, but, you know, anyway, so this is all such really important information because we can help students make it into the field they want to make it into, which is our field, which is a field we all want to see continue to expand and even get more popular um, than it is instead of the whole dying thing that we often hear in this podcast. I mean, I learned a ton and that's just going to help us even more. Uh, and it's our duty to help the students. So, all right, that's all we have for tonight. Uh, Greg, thanks for coming on. Seriously. Great to hear from you. Uh, it was okay seeing you, I guess, but, uh, seriously, this was great. It was great to reconnect. I mean, we've, uh, text and all that every now and then, but it was nice to, just hear what's going on and just see all the great work you're doing. That's really exciting for me and for us, I'm sure. So thanks for coming on for everyone else. If you have any questions or comments that you want to get to Greg, uh, you can email us at our trumpet life at gmail.com. You can email him at it's Weiss G at Hutch That's W E I S G at H U T C H C C dot E D U. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message there or any comments or concerns. Thanks for listening.